Matthew 27. Praise God. Talked about Jesus being crucified last night. Verse 62 here in Matthew 27. It says, Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so that the last error shall be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. I want to preach you on the subject tonight, keeping the body buried. Keeping the body buried. My, my. Let's put down our Bibles and pray right now. Keeping the body buried. Keeping the body buried. The religious leaders took Jesus' resurrection claims more serious than the disciples did. In fact, the disciples didn't even remember that Jesus taught about the resurrection. He looked that up sometime in Matthew 20, 17 through 19. They didn't even remember it, but uh, these men did. They remembered that he taught. They said, we remember how that deceiver taught that on the third day he would rise again. Amen. Praise God. And because of his claims, they were almost as afraid of Jesus after his death as when he was alive. In fact, they were much more afraid. They said that the last error might be worse than the first one. If we don't cover this up, if we don't put this down, if we don't do something right now and here, if we don't arise to the occasion, man, we better look out because this thing could get serious. If this guy even seems like he gets up from the grave, there's too many people in Israel that already love him, that he's already done things for. This thing will rally together and there'll not be nothing to stop it. We got to keep the body buried. And I'm telling you tonight that there's nothing the devil would like more than to keep the body buried. You hear me? There's nothing that the religious world would like any more than to keep the body buried. There's nothing the pagans, that's right, and the Gentiles and the heathens of this world would like any more than to keep the body buried.
my God, the claimed Savior and healer and deliverer of Israel is in the tomb. He's been buried. The stone has been rolled in front of the tomb. And that's where the devil would have liked him to stay. That's where he thought that he would have stayed for sure. He had no idea what was about to happen. There was no way he could comprehend it. There was no way he could understand it. And I ask you for a few moments tonight to imagine what it would be like if he never rose from the dead. Imagine if you could, if there is some way to imagine even our present world today as bad as it is. Imagine if Jesus had never risen from the dead. Imagine a world without a savior. Imagine, friend, if they had kept the body buried. That night never would have ended. The darkness never would have ceased. It never would have stopped if the body could be kept buried. Are you listening to me? And I'm telling you tonight, there's nothing more that the devil and the religious world amen and the pagans and the heathens would like that to keep the body of christ buried under certain things they want to keep us buried under disillusionment and they want us to wonder why he died that's right they want to keep us buried in unbelief and unsurety that's right i'm sure he was a fake i'm sure what he claimed was not real and they want to keep that body buried you hear me there's nothing more than this world and the devil would like to keep you under and depressed and downtrodden and looking up at the bottom there's nothing more than they would like for you to stay in the tomb you hear me friend they would like to use force they would like to use domination they want to make sure you stay in that tomb and that there's nobody that's able to keep you uh, amen from coming uh, out of that tomb uh, we're going to guard it we're going to hold it down uh, we're going to call it a cult uh, we're going to call it error we're going to call it a fake uh, we're going to call it untruth uh, we got to keep uh, the body buried uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight uh, that no matter what the devil wants uh, and the world wants uh, and the religious people want uh, there's no way you can keep this body buried honey there's no way you can keep us in the tomb that's right if the devil could there's nothing more that he would like than to keep us buried or at least hanging around the tomb come on that's right there's nothing more that he would like and to keep us buried and hanging around the tomb like some gathering madman running around naked with no sense with no hope do you hear me come on you, you say what are you talking about i've seen the way some of you live and the way some of you act and the devil's done his best if he can't bury you under problem and under sin and under discouragement he at least wants to keep you living in the tombs I'm talking to you tonight in the Holy Ghost. 
I don't know how many of you attach it and how many of you won't. My God, but you need to listen to what I'm saying tonight. The devil wants to keep this body buried here in Hutchinson. He wants to roll a stone in front of the door. He wants to make sure that this message never gets out. And he's using all the tomb keepers he can. He's using every religious world he can. Every religious person. Every Mennonite. Every Amish. Every Catholic. Every Lutheran. And all they're doing is they're a keeper of the tombs. And they want to keep you down. And they don't care what they have to do to get it. They'll go to the government and get permission. They'll go to the law and try to get strength against us. But I'm here to serve notice on the devil. You can't keep this good man down. You can't keep this body down. You can't keep this church down. I'm tired of us running around the tomb crying and cutting ourselves in condemnation. And not knowing who we are in Jesus. I love baptism in Jesus' name. We know that represents burial. That's what the Bible says. But I'm not willing to stay there in the tomb. I thank God that my old man was buried. I thank God that that old nature was buried and put down and drowned in the waters of baptism. I thank God for that. But if I keep hanging around that tomb, the rigor mortis that sets in on that old body, and that old man will get a hold of the new one. If I keep dwelling in the tomb, if I keep dwelling in the past, if I keep walking around among the things that are dead. That's right. You might be Mary and Mary Magdalene. You might know where he's buried. But you better not stay there. Huh? I don't think Jesus ever meant him to come back to that tomb. Come on. Angel said, My, why are you seeking the living among the dead? Come on. Why are you seeking for life around the tomb? Why are you looking for newness around the burial place? You're not going to get it there, friend. You can only be buried one time. You hear me, friend? And leave it there. But you need to arise in newness of life. I don't want nothing keeping me down. I don't want the devil keeping me down. I don't want this world keeping me down. Hallelujah. Well, some of you are going to wait too late to worship with me. Uh, hallelujah. You better get a hold of this. That's right. I like the way the old black preacher preached it. He said it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. Hallelujah. That's right. He said Mary's a weeping and his friends are in despair. But that's Friday. But Sunday's coming. Hallelujah. The disciples are running in every direction. And the apostle Peter has denied him. But that's Friday. Sunday's coming. Hallelujah. 
pilot is washing his hands as they take his body down but that's only Fridays honey Sunday's coming praise God the religious leaders they're mocking the infidels they're scoffing hallelujah but that's Friday Sunday is a coming the devils are laughing saying ha ha we got him now but that's Friday honey Sunday is coming come on let's praise him right now that's right you might be beaten and bleeding and thrown into an inner prison and it seems like there's very little hope for you but I want to tell you friend the Bible says it the right way in Acts 16 I believe verse 25 where it says and at midnight Paul and Silas sang and praised God hallelujah and the prisoners heard them you know what that tells me the time to pray and the time to sing is when it seems the darkest when it's a midnight hour when it's a dark time when it doesn't seem like there's any hope or any way of getting out that's the time to pray and seek the Lord come on I'm preaching to you tonight come on midnight might seem like a a bad time to you that might seem like when when Dracula gets up out of his grave <laughs> when Frankenstein comes out of his house <laughs> that's what the world has done and, and all the spiders and, and the snakes and uh, the booger man uh, yeah oh he comes out uh, at midnight when it gets dark and that's the way they do it in every movie and he got that thing striking 12 and my god people get afraid of midnight amen some of you don't get in by midnight you know what you're gonna turn into that's right oh come on midnight we 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 don't really like that but i believe the devil tried to steal it he's done a pretty good job in some areas but really midnight is not a bad time it's the beginning of a new day honey hallelujah when it's i don't care how dark it is outside it's the beginning of a new day amen the devil might have tried to steal it but one of these days the bible said and at midnight there was a cry made behold the bridegroom cometh go he out to meet him I call you behind, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Come on, yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And in the night, a song shall be with me. I'll call upon him in the day of trouble. I will deliver him and he will glorify me, the Lord said. Hallelujah. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart. Hallelujah. And my spirit made a diligent search. Oh, that's right. I said, that's right. And then midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous judgments 
Come on. Does it seem like a dark time to you? Come on. <laughs> hey. Paul and Silas, they got in there because they're doing something good. They cast out a devil. Huh. That's right. And they didn't throw the local abortion doctor in jail. <laughs> they didn't throw the homosexual into jail. They put the apostolic there. They, they put him in the inner prison. <laughs> That was the place reserved for the worst criminals. In fact, the, the bonds and the stocks were designed to torture you and to cut your neck and your wrists and your feet, your ankles. You, every time you would move, you would bleed. Think about that. Amen. But the Bible says they prayed and they sang. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they praised God. In fact, if you look at it in the Greek language, it's kind of interesting. The Bible said they would sing a hymn. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> like the hymns. <laughs> Hallelujah. And they sang a hymn. But there were in the middle of the hymns, there were occasional outbursts of praise. Hallelujah. I, I can hear them now. Singing, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory, glory. That the Lord has made. That the Lord has. Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I will rejoice. You get it? Hallelujah. Amen. That was at midnight. That was when they were cut and they were bleeding and they were downcast. They learned to lift their voice. And the Bible said the prisoners heard them. Those that were in captivity, they heard the song with delight. Glory to God. And that's when we had the first jailhouse rock. Thank God. Hallelujah. That's right. I remember they said there was in this denominational church. It was a big one. Big concert going on. And man, that music got to go and them kids got to move it and dancing and getting with it and the assistant pastor ran out in the middle of the after one of the songs and said please he said this building isn't made for this he said you got the whole place shaking amen while you're moving up and down oh i like that hallelujah that's right friend i believe it's time for a shaking in the land I believe it's time that God said, as he promised in his word, I'm going to shake the heavens, but not the heavens only. I'm going to shake the earth, and I'm going to shake all nations. Some of you are wondering, my God, it looks pretty bad. It looks like things will never turn around. Hey, that's when you better look for the Lord to come. That's when you better look for the Lord to intervene. Uh, and I'm telling you, the Bible said he's coming on a white horse and a crown's on his head. You know, people, they've used that first horse there in the book of Revelation to say that was the Antichrist. I'm going to blow your mind. Hallelujah. That's okay. You believe what you want. Amen. But I, this was very interesting to me. Hallelujah. The crown that he wore on his head in the Greek language was not a diadem, which is a kingly crown. Amen. But it was a Stephanos. <laughs> we get our word Stephen from. And that was 
the martyr's crown. Hallelujah. Now the devil never died for anybody, but I know somebody that did. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. And one of the greatest judgments that'll ever fall on this earth is the rapture of the church. Hallelujah. And if you're wondering when we're getting out of here, I'll tell you when we're getting out of here. Before the wrath of God falls. That's right. I believe it, friend. If you want to stay here, that's up to you. But I don't believe the Lord's going to beat up the bride before the wedding, honey. I believe we're getting out of here. That's right. Uh, uh, might seem like midnight. But honey, I said that's the time to pray. That's the time to pray. Oh, the devil wants to keep the body buried. But he, oh, if we can, we can only pray. If we can only seek the Lord, we can move the tombstone. We can move the mountain. Hallelujah. That's right. I don't believe we need more theology. We need some neology. Hallelujah. That's right. We need to pray. Why? Because prayer is a sin killer, a power bringer, a victory giver, a holiness promoter, a disputer adjuster, an obstacle remover, a Christ revealer. Prayer is an approach that can transform a drudgery into a doxology, honey. Oh, I'm telling you, prayer changes things. I said prayer changes things i don't forget my brother's preaching in a black church i come over man it was hot man i loved it had that one lady get going she's a lady missionary and i mean she preached on prayer changes things my god my she preached oh it was good hallelujah i loved it and she got down and that place shouted and my brother was next he said my i like that prayer changes things he said but i want to preach on something else tonight he said i want to preach on prayer changes people that change things hallelujah and my god he got to going with it and that place was moving and swaying but i'm telling you friend prayer can change a person and that person can change things oh that's what we need tonight isn't it prayer will make the man It'll help you take a stand. It'll help you do all that you can. It'll thwart the devil's plan. Oh, I like that song that says, I know what prayer can do. Prayer can heal the sick. Prayer can raise the dead. I remember one day when 5,000 souls were fed. I found the answer in prayer. I tell it everywhere. Because I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what prayer can do. That's right. It'll get you in touch with the greatest physician, the greatest lawyer, the greatest leader, the greatest provider, the greatest teacher. Hallelujah. I believe the saying that the devil trembles when he sees the weakest seen upon his knees. Hallelujah. But the devil, he, he wants to keep the body buried. The religious world, they want to say you're in error. 
He said it was bad enough that you believe in one God, but now you're baptized in Jesus' name. <laughs> Second error is worse than the first. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> Call you a heretic. Call you a cult. Tell when they do that, say, thank you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> That's right. Because we're not Orthodox Christianity. That's right. We're not, brother. Orthodox Christianity teaches that Mary is a demigod. That's right. The same ones they claim to be. The Athanasian Creed and all this other junk. Amen. And all these other creeds about the Trinity and everything else. When you get looking down at it, they believe that Mary is the mother of God. In fact, that she is God herself. Oh, come on. I'm sorry. I don't believe in Orthodox Christianity. I believe in Biblical Christianity. I want to stick to the book. That's right. Amen. They said, man, well, well, this first era was bad. But this last one, oh, man, oh, man. That's right. It wasn't bad enough. You believe in one God and baptize in Jesus' name. Now you preach holiness and and that really rubs us. We want to keep all of that buried. You go and I love to get them because they like to keep it buried. I go to that Methodist person. Hey, we're just preaching what y'all used to preach. <laughs> we just speak in tongues like you Baptists used to. <laughs> oh, they say, oh, that was a long time. I know they want to keep it buried <laughs> they don't want that getting out now <laughs> praise God but the cat's out of the bag honey all those little tributaries uh, as far as American religion have dried up uh, there's one place uh, that God is looking to tonight and I believe that's to the apostolic church uh, he's looking uh, to an apostolic church uh, that believes the truth and honey if we try to keep the body buried, it just find him somebody else. We'll run around like a madman among the tombs. Huh? Demon possessed. Sure got a lot of zeal when you're running around, you're screaming and you're crying. Sure make a lot of noise, but you're a demoniac. Huh? That's what a lot of our church has been reduced to. Well, we're doing good, I can tell. Screaming and crying, but they're trying to keep the body buried. They said that old Gadarene man was living around his parents. That's right, who were buried there. He lost his home, lost everything. So now he was there. And just because your parents don't want to serve God don't mean you have to live in the tomb with them. Come on! Uh, that's right. My, me and my dad, we always get into a tussle. He voted for Bill Clinton. I didn't. God help me pray for him tonight. Uh, he don't even like Rush Limbaugh. And boy, that really bothered me. Uh, praise God. I want Rush Limbaugh to preach at General Conference. He, he's got more truth than some of our preachers. Might straighten some of them out. I don't care if you don't like it. That's it's up to you. Hey Amen. My father really been mad at me tonight if he'd hear this. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you one thing. I love my dad. 
But my dad isn't in the church today because I sat around and bobbed my head at him and agreed with him about his religion and the way he wanted to do things. I said, Dad, you got to keep it by the book. You got to go by what the scripture says. And today he believes in one God and baptism in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's still got some problems. He's still a teamster. And <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's a New Yorker to the bone. That's right. But don't worry. Praise God. They'll come out of the tomb. Glory to God. Amen. They're so upset with their assembly. God, church, you don't know what to do. I said, well, why don't you get something going right where you are? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Looking for a preacher to come in to preach the truth. My God. We need it to happen, don't we? Praise God. I'm tired of living in the tomb. I'm tired of keeping a body buried. You might be nice, Joseph of Arimathea. I really appreciate the tomb you provided for us. But where were you when he was alive? <laughs> see, we got too many secret disciples. Amen. They don't mind burying the body. Somebody gets around, you don't mind making excuses for our holiness standard. Well, that preacher, he's just a little too tough. Huh? Uh, come on. And then, uh, you know, Brother Elder, he's just, he's just been around a long time. That's his problem. He's just one of them old timers. You know how it is. He come up on this certain preacher, you know, and they're all that. You know, that's just the way he is, you know, but he won't be around forever. We'll eventually grow out of this stuff. Huh? Don't matter to me. I, I'll still go home and color my eggs and Go home and have my Easter bunny and then the kids come to church and hear the pastor preach against it and you, you go ahead and do what you want anyway. Now I can tell hey, this is really getting down. Uh, let's keep that buried now. Come on. Uh. Come on, don't dig that up. Give me, leave it there. Did you come in this church four weeks digging up stuff? What's wrong with you? Just leave that stone over that. Wasn't bothering nobody. Nobody was even smelling the stink. Thank you. Hallelujah. I'm tired of being a Lysol evangelist. You come in, you spray it for a while and get rid of the smell for a little while. But unless you take out the garbage, it'll always smell the same when the evangelist leaves. Come on. I said, come on. Come on. Oh, Jesus. I'm tired of being Lysol. Tired of being spiritual disinfectant in the church. Come on. Let's cart out the garbage. Let's get rid of it. Hey man, don't go digging up stuff, Gibney. Don't go telling us all this stuff and sitting here with these attitudes. We've just been fine. Don't try to come up here set this body free. Just leave Lazarus there in his grave clothes. Huh? I heard a man preach on that one time. Boy, I liked it. He called it the second dimension of spiritual deliverance. The first he called Acts 2.38 was the first dimension. But he said the second dimension was holiness. 
He said, Lazarus might be up and walking, but he's still got his grave clothes on. He still looks like the grave. He still smells like the grave. Come on. He needs to get freedom. And some of us are going to suffocate if we don't get out of these grave clothes. Are you listening to me tonight? Old brother Huntley said he said they were driving down the street one time and he said he saw something bobbing up and down and he thought it was a headless horseman. He didn't know what it was. And then he said this thing bobbing up and down, bobbing up and down, it was kind of white, bobbing up and down. And they stopped the car and it was a dog that got his head in a mayonnaise jar. <laughs> he was running around and they finally got a hold of that dog. It was about gone, they said. That is, he was trying to get that last bite. You see what happens sometimes? You get digging into that garbage can for the world. Huh? Been putting your nose in that television? In that video? Huh? Those ungodly books? That old poor old dog is he's about gone and they got a hold of him and they said, What are we gonna do? He said, We're gonna help him. So he got his pocket knife out and he punched a little hole in the bottom of that and he said, Boy, that dog's nose just popped out of that hole and took him a breath. Amen. And they cut that thing off and, and they finally got it and boy when they got that thing off that dog jumped on him and, and licked him. So that dog was happy. You see he was delivered. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey somebody ought to get happy when somebody comes along and says listen you don't have to live in sin anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. Praise God. You can live in holiness. Hey, that's the way the Old Testament law was. Come on. It, that's right, it'll kill you. The letter, it killeth. But the spirit, it gives life. I, I've, I, again, I feel like Paul tonight. I've heard some things that bother me. I heard some things around here. People say they don't eat meat. That's amazing to me. You don't eat meat when the Bible says that in the last days one of the signs of demonic doctrine is that they abstain from eating meat. You're, you're better. That's right. That's new age. That comes from that junk that they're teaching in the schools now and in this country. Don't eat meat. But I'll tell you one thing I could bring to you an ex-satanic high priest who would testify to you tonight that one of the first things they do when they bring somebody into a satanic cult is take meat away from them because there's certain proteins in it that uh, without it, it weakens your will. Well, I can tell we're doing good. Peter's up there. He was hungry one day. Do you remember that? Laying up there on the rooftop, smelling the, the white beans and the cornbread and the fried potatoes and the pork chops. Hallelujah. Now, I didn't know he was allowed to eat pork chops and ham hock. But the Lord's about to show him he was. He had Jesus on his mind, but he was hungry too. 
Bible said a sheet came down <laughs> with all manner of beasts, four-footed creatures and creeping things. And the voice said, Arise, Peter! Kill and eat. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Lord. I'm religious. I've been a drunk and a skunk and a carouser and a fisherman, but I'm too religious for this. Uh-oh, uh -uh. you want to keep the body buried? You want me to go on? <laughs> Come on. Uh, and he showed him all this, and three times he showed it to him. Peter said, uh, nothing common or unclean has entered into my mouth. You know what he was telling them? He said, listen, if you're going to preach among the Gentiles in other countries, you're going to have to eat what's set before you. Come on, I know what that's like being in Africa. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You think you're so holy and righteous. I'll tell you what, that's of the devil. And the Bible says that everything that God gives should be received with thanksgiving. And from the beginning, even in the garden, God was the one that killed the first animal. And he clothed man with it. And then after Noah, he said, you can eat them. That's right. That's why, man, I just feel like going and get me a nice porterhouse right now. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. That's right. Well, we're doing good. And the same people that brought us the Christmas trees and everything else and the Easter bunnies, they're the ones that'll bring you that stuff about not eating meat and fish on Friday. My God, we got somebody cooking some fish in that apartment over there. I don't know what it is, man. Every time about from between three to seven, I don't know. My God, it's a, I don't know what they're cooking over there. But I said, man, it's Friday. They must be Catholic. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but you hear me, friend? I'm talking to you right now. I feel, man. Somebody told me that today. I said, my God. I said, I said, what's wrong with them, huh? And somebody says, well. They don't want to use anything unnatural on them. Well, they use deodorant. Do you wear synthetic socks? Nitwit. It always kills me. Uh, I don't understand that. When you go around smelling like a dog and looking like a wild man and think you're glorifying to Jesus. Them Africans, they used to get that in their brain. They would go around 98 degrees heat wearing a three-piece suit and smelling like Lazarus. Amen. Before he got out of the grave. They got too religious. And I want to tell you what, there's nothing worse than a religious nut. Now, I believe in being a fanatic the right way for Jesus. So you can become a religious nut. Well, we're doing good. I'm just having a time here tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired of stuff like this getting among the body and keeping the, keeping the body buried under because you're a dummy running around spreading division. And that's all you're doing. You think you're high, more high and mighty? You get there spreading what you feel and rising yourself above the preacher here? 
And we're talking about stuff that's peripheral now. Now the guy's preaching Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There's somebody who ought to come in and preach Jesus' name. <laughs> I understand that. I'm not talking about that. You understand where I'm coming from. Hey, Amen. We don't need your little pet peeves and everything else. Oh, division. You're, you're just a saint. Stay that way. Try to keep the bee one. Come on. I'm telling you right now, I don't believe you'd be a vegetarian and go to heaven. You'll go straight to hell. And fry with the other fruits and flakes. Come on. Well, we're doing good. Hallelujah. Anybody believe it? Say hallelujah. I thought so. Praise God. Don't you let this world keep you buried. Don't let them put you down. Come on. Don't let them religious people here. They go around with the little smile on their face. Don't let them keep you buried. Don't let them hide your witness. Come out of the tomb. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be like the Lord calling Lazarus. Amen. Out of the grave. I don't want to be bound up. Amen. I don't want to suffocate. You'll die in that tomb. You hear me? You'll die in that deadness. Jesus, his whole life tried to show that grace was going to be better than the law. That's right. Hallelujah. Even from when he, he took them old water pots. You know what they used them water pots for? They, those things were nasty. They used those things to wash people's feet in and their hands in and everything else, those water pots. And man, he got hold of them and filled them with water. Can you imagine what them servants thought when he said, go get them water pots? And fill them up and we're going to turn them into wine? <laughs> yeah, right. They're saying this. Boy, this is really going to go over good. Somebody's going to think this is a party joke. Hallelujah. When God got a hold of that thing, honey, he turned that old nasty jug into something that could be used for his glory. Hallelujah. I'm tired of living under that law that, the, that never worked. I liked what Peter said. He said, why are you trying to put a yoke on the neck of the disciples that we are our fathers were not able to bear? But we believe that by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved. He even as they come on uh, we've been set free we've been delivered to obey God and do his will hallelujah but the devil he wants to keep the body buried he wants to keep you down under he wants to keep you six foot under some of you he's got you living in the past so bad you don't know what to do He's got you living, but he's got you ball and chain hooked to the past. Still living around what people have done to you, things that happened to you. But I'm telling you, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Bury that thing, man. You hear me? Bury it. Bury it. Don't keep the body buried. Bury the sin. Bury the old man with his deeds. And don't stay around it anymore. Let the body of Jesus, hallelujah, rise to the occasion. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you listening to me tonight? I said, are you listening to me? I believe we're going to hear the voice of the Lord to some people. He's calling you tonight to come out 
of the tomb. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's going to call you by name like he did Lazarus of old. Hallelujah. One man said if he didn't call Lazarus, everybody that ever died would have come out of the grave. Oh, I like that. He's going to be specific tonight. He's going to call you by name and he's going to call you out of the grave. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't care what Pilate tries to do. I don't care what the religious world tries to do. I don't care what they might try to put on you. I don't care what they might try to roll in front of the tomb. Praise God. He can't keep the body down. You won't keep us buried. We're about, I'm telling you, Hutchinson, it's about time you see what the body of Christ really looks like. It's about time for some of us to, to get out of our tomb, to get off of our burial clothes. <laughs> Praise God. I, I want to throw this in for a close. Man, I'm really, I'm going to start meddling. I, I can feel it coming on. I, But some, uh, some, some people get these things in their brain. It's amazing to me. It really is. Amen. Sometimes what people think about. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came to preach the gospel to the poor. I said he came to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. Praise God. I told you, my, my wife, she... She could have been driving in a Mercedes tonight. That's right. She's had people, how much did that one lady make in one month doing that court report in Sister Gibney? $18,000. Just one month in court reporting. She could be doing that. You hear me? Doing all that stuff in the courtroom, having her little computer and everything else and making a mint, but she married a preacher. I was poor, man. You know how much we had when we got married? Big goose egg. And we had, that's right. And I mean, we didn't have nothing, brother Nathan. Nothing. Nothing. I, she had at least had a car. In fact, when we were our first date, she got four tickets. She went down to Louisiana. Her father took her car away. She had a nice Nissan. It was a stick ship. On our first date, she had to drive the car because I didn't know how to drive a stick shift. <laughs> I was from New York. You don't drive stick shift there on the BQE. Well, you're going at five miles an hour. Stop, go, stop, go. You lose your clutch every week. <laughs> so, boy, Miles Young of all people taught me. <laughs> <laughs> But I learned, amen, after a while, she had a coming. She was embarrassed to death, amen. There she was having to drive me around. And that, because I didn't have wheels, I didn't have nothing. You hear me? And then she got, her father took that away and bought her that dumb Ford Escort, that station wagon that wouldn't go over 70 miles an hour, amen, had 98,000 miles on it. And we, that's where we advanced, started evangelizing it. I want to tell you. We were married for three weeks. I didn't have a job. I didn't know what I was going to do. She had a little bit of a job, but it wasn't bringing in much. And I knew God had called me to preach, so I waited on the Lord. And on the third week, I got one place to preach in Virginia, 18 hours away. And you know how long it was? One night. That's all I got. And I, I went all the way up to Virginia. 
drove 18 hours to preach one Wednesday night for a guy. And I went over and he referred me to one other guy and I preached that Thursday night. And my brother was getting married. That was one reason we were going up that way. And uh, he said, when you come back, he said, I'll have some revivals for you. I thought a couple of nights, a weekend or something would be nice. And we come back and he had three months scheduled for us. And that three months turned into six months. And that six months has turned into six and a half years. We didn't have nothing. All we had was faith in God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's been fun living that way. It's not always easy. Praise God, but it sure is a blessing to see when the Lord comes through. Man, we went to, we went to get a new, and I, I just feel like telling you this. It's all right. You're my friends. I, but I, we we uh, had that Ford Escort, and I wanted to get us another car, man. And uh, so I saw a Honda Accord. Man, it was nice. It was white with a burgundy interior, and it was stick shift. I even bought the stick shift. <laughs> but uh, nobody would sign for us. I'm not her parents. Not an apostolic person. Nobody would help us. You know who helped me? My brother has been divorced three times. My brother Alan down in Florida. His credit was probably ruined. I don't leave it. But they took his signature. And I got me a, a Honda Accord. Praise God. And saw that payment and I thought we were going to die. Amen. I know for sure. Well, I don't know why in the world I'm doing this. Amen. But God came through every time. Praise God. And as the need came, the income went up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we, I remember the devil coming to me one night, telling me I wasn't going to have that car. He literally came there. I never seen it. It blew my mind. I didn't know why he cared about this car. He knew I was going to put 96,000 miles of gospel preaching. Hallelujah. On that car. He wants to die in that old Ford Escort out there. Hallelujah. But man, we were cruising in that dude. And Daniel came along and the Honda got flooded. We didn't, man, we didn't have a place to live for two and a half years. I'm telling you this for a reason, so just hold on with me. Two and a half years, we did not have a home. All we had was the Honda. Uh, my family thought an evangelist was a no good, lazy bum. That's all they thought. How would you like that encouragement out on the road? Come on. Huh? Because they don't know how. I said, most of them, they said, well, that's not any work. I said, and her father's a preacher. And I said, well, if you don't think the ministry's work, you've never worked at the ministry. And I, I love them. And God, is, they, God has changed their heart and they've helped. Don't, don't get me wrong, but that's the way I am. I'm sorry if you don't like that. I love everybody. But I don't mean I ain't going to tell you the truth. Hope you'll do the same with me. Praise God. But just hold on. me. There's a reason I'm telling you this. We went down there, and we knew we wouldn't get anybody just to give us anything. But we needed a place to live. They wouldn't let us stay with them because they thought we were just mooching. <laughs> it was really something, I'm telling you. It was hard to handle. Talk about sanctification. You talk about forgiveness. You talk about trying to keep bitterness out of your heart. Some of you sit there and talk about your pitiful things you went through. Yeah, right. I could tell you stories that curl your hair. But uh, you hear me. We need a place to live. And so her, her family is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm telling you that right now. The three Jews. <laughs> Praise God. That's right. And they, I mean, they, you don't give me, that's the way they are. They just, they got money. And they, there's a reason they got money. <laughs> they don't give it nobody. Praise God. Now, her dad's real good like that. But the other ones, oh boy. Millionaires aren't seeing the dime off half the time. But we were over there. And we needed a place to live. And God, I believe, through her sister, she found us these condominiums. They were all over there, and they had been flooded. Remember that? 
They've all been flooded over there, and they were $50,000 condominiums. And people had lost their home and everything else. So we went over there and knocked on one of the guys' door. And he said, yeah. He said, I'll sell you one. He said, $13,500 or $13,000 he wanted for it. He bought them for six. So we got us a, a condominium with all the appliances and all the, uh, the brand new carpet down and everything else for 13000 bucks. Pay $150 a month for it. Hey, the Lord took care of us. Praise God. Today, it's, it's, it's worth more than that. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. That's wonderful. But they all bought them up and, anywhere, and they're, in, they're one of the brothers in the real estate business today because God went out of his way to bless us. And they bought up all that property. But God knew if he didn't give them something, they wouldn't help us. And I was re- this, no, just hold on, man. It's just, I'm telling you, I'm boasting in the Lord. There's a reason. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, I, to be in the ministry is a tough thing. It's a tough thing. And if you want to be a preacher or a preacher's wife, you will not be high in the hog. And most of these guys that are messing with money and everything else are a bunch of reprobates. I've watched these guys loaded and everything else. The Bible said, desire not to be rich. For those that have desired to be rich have pierced themselves through with many hurtful lusts and sorrows. Wonder why gambling's wrong? How do you gamble and fulfill that scripture? Everybody wonders this scripture against gambling. How about that one? Huh? I'm telling you right now, I thank God for my wife. She has put up with things and I know what she could have. Amen. But I've heard people say, well, bless God, they want some rich preacher and everything else. They ain't worth a dime. They got everything the easy way, I guarantee you. They are a spiritual wimp. Amen. Praise God. That's right. Amen. I've heard about people say, well, they want to marry some rich preacher and everything else. You're out of your mind. That's a deception. That's a lie from hell. What did Elijah have? What did Jesus have? Have nothing. That's right. He didn't even have his own tomb. It was borrowed. Come on People running around saying that stuff. I heard that last night. I said, my God, that makes me sick. So disappointed. People that think that way. It's tough to be in a ministry. And I wonder why some of you want to be a preacher. You can't even handle being a saint. I'll keep that buried now, Brother Gibney. Now, <laughs> Don't dig that up on us. Huh? And find you somebody that will stick with you. Praise God. I know some of you calling me in the minute. Find somebody that will stick with you through the thick and the thin. Amen. Don't matter what you got. I love you and I love the ministry. Love the work of God. Hallelujah. If you're called to preach. And I hope there's some that are called to preach. And your God will know it and your pastor will know it too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's right. Hallelujah. Well, we're doing good. There's a reason I said that. Praise God. I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, somebody does here tonight. And yeah, I'm talking to you. You wonder who I'm talking to. I'm talking to you there. Get that out of your brain. Oh, praise the Lord. We need to lift our hands right now. We need to give God glory. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And while I'm thinking about all that stuff, let me just throw this in before I get done. I've seen some things cause division in church. One of them, these young people get to Dayton. And you talk about cause some division in the church. First of all, I don't believe in Dayton, if I can say this. I believe in courting. I don't even go out with them if you don't intend to marry them. Oh, I know that was going to go over good. How do you get to know them? Uh, you'll be their friend. Huh? And if you're, that's right. And then some of you got four or five on the side, and you wonder why the one isn't interested in you. And then one gets hurt over here, and why can't, you know, what are you getting hurt for? And then you won't talk to one another. You think you can pray and God hear you and not talk to one another? Some of you people do that married. We're not talking to each other for three days, and you think God is hearing your prayers? You're nuts! God don't hear you. Work it out. Be a man who won't fight about a little while. Argue a little bit. Get it over with. Kiss and make up. Sit there and boil in it. For <laughs> oh, come on, brother Gibney. Don't, don't dig that up now. Huh? And uh, so you young people, you need, to, you need to be careful that now. That's right. I don't believe in these long engagements either. It's the will of God or it's not. I, I was with my wife. I courted her for one month and I asked her to marry me. Scared her to death. Six months later we were married. I would have got married right then. It's the will of God. Let's go. The ladder's in the trunk. Praise God. These girls, you know how they are, you know. Well, praise the Lord. Now, I believe in marriage. And I want to tell you single people something, right? You're only half a person to your marriage. And you say, well, you want to be like Paul. Let me tell you what. Anything you study about Paul, he was married at one time. Or he couldn't have been on the Sanhedrin. And Paul said, he said this of permission, you know. Look at the ones we got running around with no wife, like Stone Queen and all these other. Hey, you, shoot yourself in the foot. Thinking they're the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Give me a break.
<laughs> Please. Who oh, comes for the peanut gallery down here? I just uh, come on, brother. Give me now. Uh, don't just leave the body buried there. You know, we don't want a resurrection. We we don't want a new birth. We just want a warmth of the womb. One guy said, "Just give me about six dollars of God in a paper sack." You know, I don't want the whole thing. Just give me enough to keep me secure. Just to keep the body buried. I'm talking to somebody. I'm going to throw this in while I'm at it. The Bible says, let not a man think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But he's got to esteem others better than himself. You've got to lift up other people above yourself. The Bible said, let another man praise thee and not thine own lips. Let somebody else compliment you. Now, they're, they're, you know the problem is with people that feel like they've got to lift up themselves all the time? because they don't ever hear a compliment from anybody else. Some of us are the cheapest with our, com our compliments. We never go around and say, man, that was nice. I like that song. Oh, Brother Elder, that was a great message. Oh, sister, that was a great choir song. Man, it was really great. To Come on. That's right. And so cheap. But you think a lot of yourself. Esteem somebody else higher than yourself. Always be lifting somebody else up. Praise somebody else. Say, man, you're doing a great job. Huh? Lift them up. Lift them up. Praise God. Amen. And don't be flattering. Be truthful. When people flatter you all the time, you're putting yourself in a very dangerous place. Huh? And somebody who's constantly hearing flattery in their ears, it'll eventually destroy them. Look at the book of Proverbs about flattery. Do yourself a Bible study. Huh? Well, I'm feeling good tonight. I don't know why I'm talking. I didn't mean to, to get into all this. But some of you rather keep this buried, you know. Keep it down. Keep this body buried, man. Huh? Don't resurrect this. I know there's certain things that need to die back there. The sins that need to be buried. And while we're closing here, I'm going to say this to you. When you know somebody's doing something and they have done something in the past, you can keep that buried. Don't be going running your mouth every time they make a mistake and accounting for their sin. Just, just bury it, man. It's like I've told you before. One of these days, you're going to make a mistake. One of these days, you're going to sin. Huh? Release them from it. Forgive them. Put it behind you. Forget about it. And everybody, now listen, and us holiness preachers sometimes, we do it too, but I've learned one thing. Everybody can change. Thank God. They might not be preaching against rings right now, but that don't mean they won't be. If I have a good influence on them, maybe they will. Praise God. See? Thank God. If we got some of these preachers we got now battering people and bless God if you're not doing it now, you're a charismatic, they'll never come to truth. Praise God. 
Come on. We were influenced. And there was things. See how we used to believe in rain too? That's right. So my pastor told us what we needed to hear. Praise God. Gone around and talked to other people. Amen. Other preachers have influenced me. Thank God for that. You hear me? So if you know people don't believe exactly the right way, why don't you be an example to them? So man, they're, they're sure nice people. Sit down and open the Bible with them. And I've done that, and people said, man, I have never heard that before. I know a man in Missouri. In Missouri, they just hadn't taught against rings around Missouri. Most of them all have rings in Missouri. But I talked to this one preacher and explained to him about rings and what the Bible says and some of the truths. He said, I have never heard that explained that way before in my life. And his son, he took his off and publicly testified how he felt guilty about his rings and, and God convicted him and he took him off. I'm telling you, friend, there's certain things you can do. There's certain things you can leave buried. There's other things, friend, that we can't leave buried. And, and let me tell you what. When people are living in a certain state, I'm not talking about mistakes now. Those things, people's faults, put them behind you. But when people are living in outward sin, we can't bury that. That's got it. That friend, that thing has got to be dealt with. Huh? And you can allow it. And there is a spirit in this city, and I'm telling you, and I feel it when I come to this church. We break through it in revival after the first couple of nights. But there is a spirit, man, that just pushes us down. It just depresses and oppresses. It puts a burden on us. It steals. It works at your emotions and tries to bring depression and discouragement. And you feel those spirits when you come in. How many of you have ever felt that when you come into a service? Then how come you just sat there and did nothing? Deal with it. Rebuke it. Worship in spite of it. Honey, don't keep the body buried. Say, listen, I don't care how I feel. I don't care how great this oppression is. I'm going to stand against it in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, friend, eventually it's got to give place and it won't bother us anymore. I'm not going to let the devil keep us buried. I don't want him to keep you buried under depression and to think, come on, are you with me tonight? Come on, let's press through in the Holy Ghost right now. Everybody stand up and worship Him. Hallelujah. Glory. Come on, just pray where you are. Listen. Listen to me. One more thing before the pastor comes. And Man, I have not meant to say all this tonight. I really don't. I, this is, most of this is on yellow paper. I got together for service. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's on yellow paper, man. That's good. 
But I want to tell you something here, and I don't know why. I, I'm going to say it to you, and it, it's just one of these things. I'm not going to tell you it's revelation, just inspiration. But it's come to me while I'm praying up here. Before me and my wife got married, I put my wife through the ringer. And I knew she wouldn't submit to me then. She wouldn't submit to me later. Hello. And you boys, I want to tell you something. Some of you are still tied to mama's apron strings. And you're still so dependent on mama that when you get married, it's still the same thing. And that's, and it's happened throughout the, you know, remember in the 60s and the 70s, come out these songs, can't live living without you. All these other songs that come around and can't live without a woman. Totally dependent because you're still tied to mama's apron strings, just carried over into your marriage. One man told the story of two birds in a cage, male and a female. The male was sick, very sick, and the female was distraught because they just sit in a cage and do nothing. That female would raise up and peck at him and push him, and he'd just sit there and take it. He said most of the time they just sat on the opposite end of the cage. Sometimes any interactions, because that hen was, was totally upset at that male. He said, but one day the man saw how sick the, the male was and took him out and nursed him back to health. He put that male back in the cage and said and that female saw the male over there and raised up, stretched out its wings and raised up, pecked that male and that male came back and wow! Got that female and chased her to the other side and he said it was just in a couple of hours till they were both sitting on the swing again. Because that female felt so insecure that that male would not take any authority or any assertion. You know why women leave a lot of men? Because they are not really a man. They're a male, but they're not a man. And if you let some woman push you around, you're not a man. And I want to tell you, if you get a wife, you get one that's... I'm not talking about weak. I don't like weak women. And there's nothing wrong with being strong. But if you're unsubmissive, now my wife, she, we, we'll get an interaction. Is that a nice way to say it? She knows one thing. When it comes down to it, once I make the decision, I'm bullheaded. And that's the way it's going to be. But, you know what? There's a lot of times she's right. There's, other, there's a couple of times I made decisions and I wish I had listened. Oh, I know some of you out there, you never did that, but I, it don't bother me to be transparent. Some of you are so holy you can't take it. Huh? But some of your sons are going to grow up that way because you're not a man. They say in Nigeria they have calling out services. Those pagans, they'd have a calling out service, but it's very good. We don't have them in America. But they have a, a, when that boy turns 11 years old, the whole tribe, that whole town will come to get that boy. They come knocking on the door. See, daddy lives in one tent and mama and the boy live in another. And that tribe will come to get that boy from his mother. And the father's out there too, calling his son out. And there's one of the men in the tribe who's the, the, one of the leaders, probably one of their witch doctors or whatever. 
he'd run around saying, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out, come out. That little boy sitting there wiping away that apple pie from his face has got to come out from behind mama's apron skirt. And he makes one step out, and they, that, what they call it is the spirit of masculinity, is that guy running around. And when that boy makes one step out, that guy grabs a hold of his hand and pulls him out among the men, and the mother weeps, and the men shout. And they take that boy for two weeks, which entails fasting, teaching. They give him a gun, and they give him a hoe, and his own land. And at 11 years old, when he walks back into the city, he doesn't even say hello to his mother. He's a man. But in our country now, it has degenerated so bad, so bad that men are not called out anymore. I remember one guy talking about the time he felt called out. He said all the men went hunting. And it's a good thing. Take your boy hunting. I'm tending taking my boy hunting. I, my father never talked talk right. My father never did stuff like that. But I remember one fellow saying he felt called out when one day they were out hunting. He was just a little boy and he shot a squirrel. The other guys had shot deer and everything else and they were gathered around the campfire talking about how they got their deer. And his father said, wait a minute. He said, I want to hear from my son. And that little boy got to tell him how he got that squirrel. And he never forgot that. From that point on, he felt like he was a man. Now, some of you put your kids and your son down so much that he never feels like a male equal. Now, no, you have authority over him. He needs to feel the fellowship of men. I really feel good about this. And I'm not talking about a man being a dictator and beating his wife and all this other stuff. Now, there are some women that need a spanking. And I've known a couple that told me they needed one. One guy would take his wife over his knee one time. That wasn't, he didn't beat her. She got the point, honey. Got screaming and yelling and acting like she was something else. I'll put up with that junk. Come on. Now, I didn't say beat him now. I didn't say to go punch him around. I didn't even say you had to spank him if they're a good wife. And you woman, you better listen. You're not, you're not the leader in the home. And I really felt, I wanted to tell you this. Don't you marry a woman that won't submit to you. Because if they won't submit to you, they won't submit to God. And they sure won't submit to their preacher. Come on. I believe in this. Yeah, I believe in equal submission. But mostly, it goes to the man. And some of you know what I'm talking about from experience. You listen. I'll leave that, we'll leave that one buried too, I know. But I'm telling you right now, you need to hear what I'm saying. Be the, be the leader in prayer. Be the leader in the altar service. Be the leader in witnessing. Why aren't you teaching Sunday school? Why aren't you teaching a Bible study, man? Maybe we need some of that. I, I'm, if I ever have a church, I'm going to have calling out service. Once a year. We're going to go and we're going to, you know, those boys turn a certain age, we're going to go to their houses and call them out. Let's go. We're going camping. Come on. It's time to be a man. Let's go. Leave mama behind. Let's go. That's right. So they know how to be a man. I didn't say don't love your mother. You'll always love your mother. 
And I'll tell you one thing right now, girls, how he treats his moms, how he's going to treat you. And you want to see how she's going to keep house? Well, these days just kind of slip up and see what her bedroom looks like when she's not looking. I'm telling you, I know. Praise God. That doesn't mean. And see once in a while if he'll wash the dishes for his mother. You're too big and bad for that. It's nothing worse seeing a man, he gets out, he don't know how to wash his own clothes. He can't iron a shirt. He can't wash a dish. He's big cheese, man. You're a wimp. Can't even cook a meal. Wife's sick. Got pregnant. And you did it. And you can't even take care of her. My wife knows. Now I'm not saying he has to do it all the time. You shouldn't expect him to do it all the time. You cook his meals. You wash it. But that don't mean you can't help. Or buy a dishwasher at least. My God. Now she knows. Hey when we were dating. She was out working one time. I got the key to her apartment. I cleaned that place. Cooked a meal for her. But she come home, we had dinner. I knew what I was doing. I knew I could get it. That Italian food works every time. Whoa. Oh, that's crazy. Come on. I said, I don't want no woman out doing me and nothing. Come on. My, my mother even says I make better spaghetti sauce than she does. Come on, that's something. She's Cavote too. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's right. Well, we're doing good. You might not think this is spiritual, but it is. Because I'm telling you, it's not the praying and the worshiping and everything else that's keeping us from having revival. It's these practicalities. People don't stumble over mountains. They stumble over stones. It's these things you think a little. Come on. Well, some of you are in trouble tonight, I can tell. you got a lot to talk about when you go home. Well, we better pray again while the pastor's coming quick. Come on, lift your hands. Praise God.